Oh. Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. The guy spinning up there who almost had it timed right is Chris Ford, <laughs> a.k.a. The Objective Geek. It was pretty close. We'll figure it out next time. We will uh, time your your time per revolution. We'll, we'll figure it out. That's Chris Ford, <laughs> a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And we today are finally going to talk about The Legend of Korra, Book 4, Change, Chapter 12, Day of the Colossus, about two months later than if we had <laughs> progressed normally. But, uh, you know, procrastination is one of our finer strengths. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing fine. Doing great. Doing good, actually. I just have an interview tomorrow, which is just amazing. You know, not important. But, uh... That's, doing, it sounds doing very good. important to me. I feel like you're underselling its importance. It is. My anxiety over it. I always get anxious. I feel like... I like to say getting... I feel like anxiety is, for some reason, a harsher word than being anxious about something, even though they're that same. They, in a they. literal way, it should be the exact same. But if I say it gives me anxiety, I feel like I'm belittling the like a disease for people who actually suffer from yes. anxiety. Yes, and I don't suffer from anxiety. Yeah, but I get I get very anxious over. Um, I appreciate. I imagine somebody out there like respects your careful choice of wording. Uh, well, hey, good luck. I'm sure it'll go great. Is it? Uh, do you do you care if I ask on the air? Is it like promotion or or what's the deal? Uh, yeah, it's a promotion. It'll come with the pay raise. Excellent. And a, a title change with manager in the title, even though I wouldn't be one. So, <laughs> be managing myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Hopefully, it goes well. Uh, we will. You know what? We should wrap up relatively on time tonight so that you can like sleep. You know. Yeah, it's okay. Things. I'll go sleep. I'll go sleep at the same time. It's okay. The same time as literally <laughs> always. I. I don't know why. Not the jazz. I'm going to start telling you about my week. I don't know why. I feel just like run down this week. I don't know what it is. I've slept on multiple occasions this week. I've slept like nine and a half hours on work nights. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. There's no reason for this kind of behavior. But I feel like this week I've literally slept and worked, but not because I've been working more. <laughs> so I guess I've been good because I've been getting to sleep, which is a luxury. Um, I did manage to put out another YouTube video, so if you don't hate Switch games, go look at my other YouTube video. I'd appreciate that. If you do hate oh, Switch I'm games, I'm sorry, keep going. No, if you do hate Switch games, I, you know, I'm still glad you're here, though. That's still cool. I yes, I'm still here. I just, no, I I was interrupting you, Sean. I meant to say, uh, sad news. Somewhat, well, no, not somewhat. It's very sad news. Sad for me. Sad for you also. So the it's creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Absolutely. Uh, Kazuki Takahashi, he passed away today. And, uh, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! is huge in, in, in both. I won't say it's huge. It was huge in my life. So, you know, grew up. We talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! all the time. For, it's or, a, it's a top five reference material with, like, John Mulaney and Batman. And, like, it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, our first bonding experiences outside of the workplace would have all been probably Yu-Gi-Oh related. Oh, without a doubt. Like I, you know, I used to go, <laughs> I used to go to your house like once a week, and we'll play Yu-Gi-Oh. From like, yeah, because I go over there after my daughter and want to sleep. I'm not sure my son was even born. My oldest son at that time. Not yet. And, yeah, 
I would, I would leave at like 8.30 and get to your house and then we'll just play Yu-Gi-Oh for like probably until 12. It feels like it. Yeah, I mean, roughly podcast yeah. time, right? Like we essentially at some point in our yeah, lives, yeah, yeah. we replaced <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> weekly with a podcast weekly. Filled that yeah. void. Probably when you when you moved. So, yeah, when yeah you moved I mean, KC. it basically was. I moved into, uh, moved into Lawrence and then we started like throwing around. Yeah, the there we go. And then yeah. I didn't stay in Lawrence very long, so that was the next apartment that we started the podcast. So yeah, that tracks pretty well. Yeah. Um, Chris, if and everybody else, if you've never heard like the origins of Yu-Gi-Oh as as a as a manga, um, go listen to. There's an episode of a guy on YouTube. is It's called Mother's Basement. Is the channel? He's a pretty entertaining guy. I watch a lot of his stuff. Great video. I watched it. It's and well, great video. He's he does good work too. I just like listening to him. But the origins of like what Yu-Gi-Oh actually was as a comic is is outrageous, <laughs> and I and I love it. It's one of the yeah. few where I'd like you know what I think I would enjoy going out and reading that manga and it's in in its original form. Um, I've never done it, but I've now it's got me thinking about doing it again. So yeah, go watch that video for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it's just crazy how much you get. Like I remember. Like has I, I, I tweeted out earlier. Like I built, I literally built a lot of good friendships off of you. Like when I was fourteen, fifteen, kids WB couldn't wait to, to watch Yu Gi Oh. Played to the cards. Uh, you know, it was a. I remember the first time I saw someone play Yu Gi Oh. It was like it was my two white friends, and like I say that specifically because it's just an interesting dynamic of how differently is, they yeah, play. It's kind of <laughs> they're like, all right, I put my I put my card here, put my card here, and I was and I was into it. And then, and then my black friend started playing, and then like it's like how we play dominoes. It's like, boom, what? And it's just we get all a little more animated with it. It's like it's not, it's not like the all right. I place my card here and I end my turn. It's like what? What now? It's it's such a honestly. I grew up with someone as an oxymoron because like I look like oftentimes people think I, I was just like, you know, mean or thuggish to some people uh but like i was just a huge geek like in it's just uh but no you go script even when you and even now to, when you play Yu-Gi-Oh, i always interpret it as facetious maybe it's not maybe you're being legitimate but you always do like that voice that you just did there it's like your it's like your fake trash talk voice that you have where you're yeah. like boom what now and <laughs> maybe this whole time you actually meant it and i was just like ah, i was joking around uh, the guy wasn't all that old either, I don't think, right? What did it say? He was, yeah, he was 60 years old, yeah. Yeah, like he had multiple old. iterations of Yu-Gi-Oh! left in his heart, I felt like. No, yeah. uh, I haven't watched beyond the first iteration, uh, but being basically addicted to the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Switch game, like, I basically know what happened in every season there. <laughs> um, yeah. Which uh, is the good part about the Switch game. It's like the TV show and Fast Forward. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, then also my, I mean, my daughter's into it too. My daughter's into a whole bunch of stuff. Her and my son right now are deep into Pokemon. And they, they had to buy my son some cards because he was mad he didn't have cards. My daughter had some. And he now wants his own EV plush toy. Um, but anyway, this is not about Pokemon. It's about Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, Shut up, but she's, she's, she's into, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh also. And she has like a bunch of cards. She, she rewatched the whole show, which I never finished really watching the show. I was like, oh man, this show's actually like, Good. Like, you know, sometimes you think about remembering, so you're like, oh, the problem is because I remember it. And then sometimes, luckily, 
every now and then things are better than you remember it. When we watch, uh, you know, we watch Avatar The Last Airbender, we're kind of watching through a critical lens because it's that good of a show. Like, you can't watch Yu-Gi-Oh! through the same lens, but if you just put yeah, yourself yeah. in Lil' Chris or Lil' Sean's shoes and, like, try to, like, the sights and sounds that are being thrown at you, like, oh, I can absolutely see how I was, like, 100% glued to the TV for, like, three years because it's the first season, season, whatever cartoon seasons are weird but there's like 60 episodes before it like changes to the next whatever thing it's long mm. but um i actually i panicked the other day because i couldn't uh was that just yesterday or two days ago when this actually happened like tuesday or wednesday wednesday like today. Yesterday. was it today i was today i only first heard of it today okay well today has been a very long day I looked through my Yu-Gi-Oh cards and then I like panicked because there was like less of them than I remembered. And I was like, oh, where's the other deck box? I was like, oh, I'll give it to Chris's kids. <laughs> I panicked for like a solid five minutes. Like, where'd it go? I got to duel somebody in honor of his death. Um, well, hey, I also have lots of common Pokemon cards for your other child that can't play favorites. So whenever whenever they're ready to pick through some common Pokemon cards, they won't even. I do need some. Their, their birthdays are coming up. I. I... Uh, they would like some Pokemon cards. You have absolutely, any. absolutely. I'm always looking for excuses to dig through them. Oh yeah, well yeah, I'll see you soon anyway. Yeah. Hey, other news. You know what? Should we save that for next week? Right. We'll time that for next. Sure. Week. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. We'll news. lead into it. <laughs> Savor it. Savor it. <laughs> um, uh, well, that being said, Chris, let's jump into Day of the Colossus, which is an episode that I watched. About two months ago. Yes, I know it happened. Uh, no, I don't remember what my ratings are. That'll be a surprise. Okay. Uh, Day of Colossus. So I just, I, unlike Sean, I prepare for these things. I, I just watched great. the episodes and then I watched, <laughs> and then I watched them with commentary on because uh, I wanted to get the whole. No, it's not that much lean from the commentary on this one. There's probably more from the next episode. But anyway, Day Colossus. So, Team Avatar uh, narrowly escapes the uh, Future Industries factory that Kuvira attacked. Um, so, like, not like this episode was very action heavy in the middle, and so like I feel like I might go through these things pretty quickly. Um, really. Let's see. A couple fall out from it. Uh, Batar Jr. is like, how could she do this, Mother? I'm sorry, Mother. Pretty much stuff like that. Um, oh, crap. This TV's loud. Uh, and so Wait, we're going to copyright strike. Yeah, I know, right? For one little scene from The Flash. Um, the So uh, Team Avatar is kind of just recouping with it. And this episode is really about them trying to just figure out how they're going to get into them, how they're going to first of all, get down the machine and then figure out how they're going to actually get into the machine. Um, one second. I had to play the episode while it goes. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, Varric in, so, um, dang it, sorry. Lin Beifong gets Roshi out of jail so that uh, you know she can have all the geniuses possible and they can figure out how to take down the big giant mech suit. Now, 
I would have, if I had to change one thing in this episode, I would have had Cora, like, just say to uh, Lynn, like, hey, can I talk to you real quick? I got an idea about something. And just end it like that. Just to and then later she'll... Any amount of, like, planning? Yeah, and then just, because I want Cora to be responsible for Hiroshi's um, coming back, especially coming back into... Um, Thomas' life, because one thing it will show a lot of growth on Cora's part that you know this was a villain in season one who wanted to take her down. Um, also, in the previous episode, Remembrances, she, her, and Asami sort of had a fight about if she can trust her dad or not, and so it would have shown a whole lot of growth for Cora to be like, "Hey, we need your dad. Like, I, I trust him now." Well, I won't say trust him now, but I, yeah, sure, I trust him now. So I would have realized if it was Korra whose idea it was to break Hiroshi out. I say break. I mean, Lynn just went and just released so she's the police chief. She can do those things, I guess. She has, she has unilateral power, power to release <laughs> It's a different kind of society. She can do whatever she right. She's not even... He's not even in jail. He's in prison prison. Jail's like at the police station. She has no jurisdiction over like prison. But... Makes me think of um, allegedly. <laughs> the thing is, people often times uh, have a misconception between jail and prison, but like they're not like the same. Yeah, like we thing, same thing. But I know a lot of people who have been to jail. I have to stop and think pretty hard to remember the people I know who've been to prison. Like, uh, I know two. I think at least two we've been to prison and prison. too many to well, count on jail. I don't know that many people who's been to jail. I know more people uh, who's been to prison. I mean, if you think prison, about, like, alcohol, no, like, writers, I, uh, D, uh, what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, that's all, that's all jail. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Lin Beifong wouldn't be breaking out, like, DUI people. Like, she's going to prison <laughs> to break out an evil genius. <laughs> Slight difference. He's probably, probably in there for life. I mean, he he was, like, second in command of yeah. a terrorist yeah. organization. <laughs> he's he's uh he's not looking at parole anytime soon. No, not at all. So mm-hmm. this is a big In fact this yeah, this was probably good for him. It's like, oh I get to get out and breathe the breathe the air. Um <laughs> Is this what freedom feels like? And then <laughs> Oh wait, they're putting me to work to fight a giant mech monster? Uh well maybe. Yeah. Maybe this ain't so good. Yeah. Um uh, so, uh, Varric and Julie, they have uh, their little moments. Uh, first of all, you know, they're getting attacked by by mech suits and everything. And Varric comes up with ideas of doing EMP. He knocks them all out, uh, which is cool, good Varric stuff. And then, uh, anyway, then they all start working. That team, Wise, works on the the hummingbird mech suits and uh so hiroshi figures out you know it's like oh well you can do a laser or whatever laser he said plasma laser to it because when you put plasma which i feel like of anything it works better true plasma cannon plasma laser captain fast oh her name is captain fast not captain plasma in sciencey shows the word yeah <laughs> same thing yeah exactly um 
So then they, yeah, they figured that out. And then while Varric and, and Julie are are putting their stuff together, Varric pops the question and uh, finally asks her to marry her. And, and I, I do love this moment because it's uh, know, it's kind of just fun. Fun little moment, right? It's almost and, like in the weight of a depressing episode. Like, just they saved that one little, that one little positive trito to to throw us in this episode like in the wake of all it could have happened some other time maybe but i felt like they saved it to be the lightheartedness this episode needed a speck of yeah also before that um hiroshi and asami kind of get over you know their stuff and they and there's a good moment there between those two and so i feel like (laughs) all right this is there's certain moments in, in TV shows where you're like, all right, well, what are you guys are about to bite the dust? Like, this too many sentimental stuff. Someone's not going to have a happy ending here. <laughs> we built we but, built up too many good things too too fast. Uh, we went too fast, too strong. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to go well. Um, but it kind there's of also... Does. Oh, keep going. Yeah. Uh, there's also a C-plot... Uh, this has a C-plot of Prince Wu and uh, Pema getting people evacuated. Sure. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's, it's I could take it or leave it, to be honest. I mean, um, I didn't even mention it in here, which is my fault, not the show's fault, but I didn't really remember it that much. So. Yeah. yeah that's, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just, you know. Seems, it's not bad. It's, it's, and it's, they try to balance the, the levity with it. So, other than that, which is about as useful what, as Prince Wu's character has been, has been to add a little, yeah, levity is a nice word. Yeah, yeah, and he's not annoying. So that's he started off being annoying, right? To me, because that wasn't levity; it was just kind of annoying comedy. Yeah. And you're supposed to kind of laugh at him, but now he's he's providing some good levity, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I didn't really need it, I guess. Childish also, to adult pleasant yeah i feel like i'm doing this episode somewhat disservice because i am comparing it to day of black sun not day of black sun uh sozin's comet and like sozin's comet has no levity (laughs) in it almost like like the a c b d plot man that actually has a lot of plots um (laughs) this one isn't so much that as much as i just want it to be tied to the next episode and again i know that's a me problem but it just it, it, it's not that it's hard to separate them. I know where one stops and the other starts, but in my head, it's just one big sequence instead of two episodes. Yeah, I would have... And also, when I was comparing it to um, Sozin's Comet, is that I probably would have put these two together, potentially even the the, lat, the one before this together, yeah. just as like one episode. Probably Tarlet, Battle for Republic City. I don't know, something like they, that, and then could slap a subtitle under all three, right? Just like well, then the subtitles will just yeah, yeah. The subtitle will be the the episode title. So, so Battle for Republic City, yeah. Colon, Neo Colossus, yeah, yeah. And that would make like mm-hmm. it, that's exactly how I watch them anyway. Yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> not that it would have made a big difference, no, I guess, just, but I just have a hard time separating them. Like I would never just watch this episode and not just finish. Yeah, I do think though 
I think it I think it separates itself in a decent manner because it really is like this is the episode you guys got to figure out how to stop this thing. Like that that is the gist of the episode. And by the end of it, it ends with that uh conclusion. Right. And and that's why I, I like TV where the episodes are um a decent length and not really really long like I feel like certain TV shows recently, uh, like Moon Knight, I feel like a lot of them, the separate episodes aren't telling a story in of itself, but it's just one big, huge part of a long, it just feels like a very long movie. But there's a difference between... Like overly serial, in a way? Like, it, it doesn't stand by itself at all? Yeah, like episodes are supposed to tell their own little story in the grander, but still in the grander schemes of the whole entire story. I feel like a lot of episodes in, in recent shows, it just feels long. And so when it's like, all right, here's an episode that's 40 minutes long, 50, an hour long, and there, it really has no conclu- no setup, no middle, no conclusion to it, it just feels really long. Like, I, I just feel like I'm just so that's a lot of a lot of my issues with some of the recent shows recently. Yeah. Heather and I are watching uh, watching Stranger Things the full way through. I watched like season one way back when. I was like, oh, that's fine, and I kind of forgot about it. Uh, we're watching yeah. it the whole way through, and there's always like there's some episodes I feel like do a great job of like that was a great episode. It still contributed to the story, but it like it felt like like hey, I started eating and then I finished this episode and I was ready to like shut it off and it was done. It was great. And then there's other episodes that just yeah feel like. Like it was like a unfinished book, basically on its own. Almost unsatisfying yeah. to not binge, which maybe is kind of the point, I suppose. I'm trying to keep you yeah. in front of the TV the whole time. That um, we, anyway. both, we both love it, for the record. If anybody's curious, I like the I like the most recent oh. season of of Stranger Things. We are halfway through season three, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's say. Oh, so story wise, that's. Miller Wise story, it's essentially it when it comes to the middle. Other than that, it's just all action pad fighting. And there is some absolute beautiful fighting and animation. Like I'm just in, in all oftentimes of, of this show. Like this kids cartoons for television, especially Western cartoons, never strive for this. And I really don't think I've seen any show, only Avatar and Legend of Korra, when it comes to Western animation, has strived to have this type of animation and scale. Like, I really like just sleep the animated series, amazing television show, but I don't get this sense of scale from it. Um, Young Justice, great show. I don't get the sense of scale. What other great cartoon is there? Um, None of my other favorite cartoons like fall into this category or close. Yeah, I don't think the Dragon Prince gets this close either. Um, Not yet, you know, like maybe. Oh yeah, who who knows? Yeah. Also, it's been a while since I watched the Dragon Prince, so I might be. Dragon Prince, I'd say uh, it. It feels like even at the end of seasons, it's. How do I want to say this politely? Because I really do like it. 
it always makes you feel like the next thing that's gonna happen is the biggest thing like mm, yeah yeah uh whereas this like what we're watching right here granted it's the last <laughs> season of of the show like the last episode is the last season but like no this feels very final in a good way yeah. in a satisfying way yeah uh some of my favorite moments uh there's a there's a great moment where like janora and tenzin are flying and then Kuzir blasts her spirit cannon at them and they don't get hit directly but this just it's so powerful that them just being by it knocks them out and they're kind of falling to their death janora no icky catches janora and she does this like tuck roll knee maneuver and then uh milo has to like catch his dad and and bend uh bend him up before they hit the floor hit the ground Another great moment, Cora. There's a scene where Cora's like throwing huge freaking boulders at it, at the thing from like a block away. Cause she she like hides from it and then airbends herself around like in a tactful way so she can get into maybe a blind spot. She throws these things and then she like fire bends up and throws them. And there's one scene where she she ducks. Kuzira's aimed spirit gun at her. Core ducks. And a spirit cannon just flattens the whole entire city uh, skyline. Like, it legit, like, just cuts as if someone just went and just took a knife and just, just cut the animation screen in half. Beautiful animation. It's, it's such a beautiful shot. And there's explosions in the background. So, so great. One of those times where I, I need you to be here describing things because I probably wouldn't notice or appreciate it if you didn't point it out. But yes, stellar. Absolutely. And I'm glad you detailed it. <laughs> um, and then and then we move into uh, they finally get the hummingbirds up and ready. Uh, Cora, without the Avatar State, bends this whole freaking pool of water up at all the way, which is probably about 25 stories high, ices the mech suit. Like, people, that's that's probably her greatest feat water-wise, and I've never seen anyone, I think, do a greater like strength of water bending. I'm not talking about, like, blood bending and stuff like that, but just the strength and power of water bending, and it was without the Avatar State. I'm trying to think of uh, examples, and nothing comes to mind outside of I think when I read the Kyoshi novels, especially the first one, I have a tendency to to build up some of Kyoshi's feats in my in my imagination. Oh, it's a little oh, that one time, you know, and that's not water. Yeah, obviously. it's hard to say. Well, there's that one time where Kyoshi, so that was earthbending. She bent because she needed earth. She from like reached the ocean down, floor. yeah, from like the oh, yeah, from the ocean floor, <laughs> and brought up earth. Uh, freaking crazy. And in my mind, um, it's like a it's like a landmass, like not an island, but like a you know like a solid big, more than a column, I guess. Uh, but you know, it's yeah, like an apples oranges. That's my imagination versus what we have on screen. So yeah, I don't think I have a tangible argument for a better feat of sort of pure bending. Yeah, the only thing I can think of, um, well, um, there was a time where. And, but with the help of Princess Yue as the moon spirit, you know, she pushed those waves. But I don't know how, like, hard that is. But also, it was Princess Yue. She's the moon spirit. She pushes and pulls the waves. That's, that's her job. 
She wakes up in the morning. She's like, all right, I got to push and pull some waves. The assist. Cool. Then, yeah, there you go. There's a there's a meme of of Aang talking to Katara as a painted lady, but he doesn't know she's a painted lady. I mean, she doesn't know it's Katara. He's like, "Oh, you're a spirit. You're really pretty for a spirit. Like, I don't get to meet a lot of spirits, but the, but the ones I do aren't that pretty." And it shows which is Princess Yue, right? Douchey thing to say for the record. Aang. Yeah, but it shows Princess Yue like right underneath said "F you, Aang." Because <laughs> <laughs> like. He's met her at that point as a, as herself and also as a spirit in episode one. Yeah, maybe of, spirits of have advanced three. beyond the need for physical attraction. Ing, <laughs> jerk. Uh. <laughs> he maybe in, um, in my head he knew it was Katara. He's like, time to drop some pickup charm. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a better explanation for such uh. behavior. And then, uh, so the hummingbirds fly in. Uh, Varric can't really get to it. And, uh, because Kuvir is like swatting away. And eventually they get, I think, hit by a spirit cannon. And, uh, but they use the parachute out. And so that's story tool used to be like, hey, there's a parachute out. Like they introduced it right there. So that way, when we get to, uh, Asami inside. And her dad is, is doing it. And uh and Kuvira Core does freeze the ice hand, but the ice the sorry, Core does freeze the hand with the ice, but the hand is like coming down, right? And they're on the thigh, and Kuvira's trying to just swat them. And she's like, Dad, we gotta go, Dad, we gotta go. And he's just like, just one more minute. He'll, and like who who to say he'll get it. And then and he's like, I love you, Osama. And he she he pushes her parachute thingy out. And then boom, she he gets swatted. Absolute, just great, great uh, moment there. And really, just it was a really great opportunity to see uh, Hiroshi go through this character arc. Like this is completely different character from season one. Like season one, he fought his daughter in in the last episode, and she had to like take him out regretfully. And this time, he saves her. And, uh, and and they work together as a family to take out this giant mech suit. That's good family. Good old-fashioned family bonding right there. Yeah. And he's trying to protect Republic City, the city he tried to take over previously. Well, it's not worth taking over if it's in shambles. You know, he's got to jump in now yeah, and that's true. replot later. No, I'm yeah. sure he's converted. Uh, and, then, and then they get in... Uh, and I do, I do like the direction. Love it because you get the sense of that, like, all right, this sacrifice can't be in vain. Like for some reason, that's the sense I get. They don't say that, but they're like, all right, we're in. Like it took all of that for them to to just get in to have a chance at defeating um, that big old Colossus thing. <laughs> it doesn't have a name. It should. Its official name should be the Colossus. I mean, since it's in the title, I'm going to say that's like its quote-unquote official name, but they never once give it a name in the episode, do they? No. It just says Kuvira's Giant Mech Suit. Pretty much, I think that's what essentially I say. Very bland from a marketing perspective. Kuvira, you could really do better for your image with a more exciting name. Like the Colossus. Yeah. 
Uh, Chris, let's do some ratings. I'm all right. Uh, ratings. To get to my ratings, to be honest, heaven knows what's there. Interesting. Uh, Isle Visual gave it a ten, but like they're just so much beautiful animation. And I will bring this up again. Jeremy Zuckerman's score is absolute master. I think he's on like. His, his scoring in, in these last two episodes, this sounds sacrilegious to say, and maybe because I've just been watching much Star Wars lately, but it's, it's John Williams-esque. It's not as memorable John Williams-esque, John Williams is like, I mean, he's, he's, he's the Pervasive, goat. Of, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, like he is like the greatest composer of ever. Like I'm not even a huge John Williams fan, but when we were at Comic Con and we saw that poster, I was like, hmm, man, that's a great poster. Like he is, he's oh, it, it was with movie <laughs> composition to a degree yeah. that no one else is ever likely yeah. to achieve. For those who don't, when we when we were at Comic Con, we came across this uh, booth, this artist who does hand pencil drawings, and he hand pencil draw this like probably three feet by five feet john williams and he had like all his characters were in the orchestra jaws was coming up out of him there was like the millennium falcon up in the sky absolute beautiful piece and then you're like oh man he is like just a man we you all know he's a legend but it's, it was even just this is a great picture just just uh saying even more the picture, but anyway jeremy's talking about like yeah, keep going. it all like to put it all in one screen like force you yes. to see it all at once and you're like holy crap yeah, yeah. But I think Jeremy Zuckerman was doing, he just did some amazing work on this. So audiovisual gets a 10. Story, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, so this is the part where I'm just like, where I'm comparing it to the Avatar finale, is that there, there were certain episodes in the Avatar finale that wasn't like great, great story-wise but when you look at the whole thing, it's a great, amazing story. And so if, if these last three episodes were one, I'll probably give them all as a, as a whole unit a 10. Now here, there's not that much work done with most of our main characters. There's really most of the character work done with Asami and her father and also Varric and Julie. And I think both those things were done quite beautifully. Varric mentioned that it's a great character arc for Hiroshi to go on and Asami you really get that sense of sacrifice, that sense of forgiveness and redemption. Um, so just a lot of great stuff there. Uh, with Varric, it's just really great to see how how far Varric has, has come as well. Um, so interesting. Those Yeah, those are two previous villains from book one and book two. It's hard to call Varric a villain, but he's more like a eccentric, trouble, mischief maker. He is a... Um... There's got to be a different word for it, right? It's like we've got heroes and anti-heroes. What's like an anti-villain? What's the what's the parallel for that? Mm -hmm. There's probably a word for that. Uh, Not a villain, but a. Yeah. There's a word for it. <laughs> if not, not, one, not. One later. <laughs> he's a barrack. It's not a. So when it comes to story, you and I. Memorable, gave it a ten. Uh, just, I it's the the animation is the most memorable thing for me in this one, and uh, again the a uh, couple of the character arcs and stuff. Um, but 
Yeah, pretty much animation. It's beautiful. It's stunning. Amazing work. So that brings us up to a 9.5 out of 10. Let's see what Sean has. Let's see what we got here. Audio visual 9. Not sure what I was thinking there. You know what? Okay, I think so when I put these together, <laughs> I keep finding it as always in this, you know, historically, like at every finale of every season, like it's really hard to, to, to get to the, like the penultimate episode and then not compare it to the final episode. So I'm probably just yeah. way too harsh, and that's not a good score. But that's what it is. Uh, story, I would, I would hang with the nine on story just because one thing this episode made me feel is it's it feels very choppy and rushed. There's so much going on. Uh, you don't get any time to dwell on anything, really. Um, it I like I pretty pretty substantially remember feeling as you watch through this episode like there's there's no dwelling on any one moment as long as I would like. And there's a whole lot that goes on in here. So I would stick with that as a story. What did I put for oh I've nines across the board. Um there again, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that one up to it's really hard to watch this episode and not think about it or compare it relative to the next episode. Uh which is probably an unfair practice. But hey, nine's what what's there. I will say, yeah, just that lone critique of there's there's so much happening. This episode could have used just more time, which, you know, which ones couldn't. I would say that's a compliment in its own weird backhanded way. Brings us to a 9, which overall leads to a 9.3. And that's the Day of the Colossus. Chris, any final thoughts? Um, no. No. I think that's it. No. Come back next week. We commit to... <laughs> provided that no big exciting news happens in the next seven days or that no like, we'll still do it we're, we're we'll just get a bonus episode next okay. like right immediately now we're gonna record it uh so unless like we have like a you know kd gets traded special sometime in the middle of this week we <laughs> be the weirdest special we ever had uh, do... Breaking Avatar news: yes. Kevin Durant, <laughs> the Jersey Nets, gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> the only team willing to accept the drama. No, uh, we are going to record the next episode right away. So, Caitlin, if you're out there, it's it's time. <laughs> and well, hey, I don't have any final thoughts either. So, come back next week. My name's Sean. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And thanks for watching, what is it, episode 12? Right? Did I yep. say that? Episode 12, Day of the Colossus. It's been Avatar The Last Podcasters. Contact details and stuff in the description. And we will talk to you next time. I didn't even check my audio. Yeah, uh -oh. Whatever that noise is.